So I, I just wanted to share for a, a few moments this preparation that we have in front of us. And we're in this period, just like during Rosh Hashanah, you have an entire month, the month of Elul, before Rosh Hashanah is upon you. And it's supposed to be this month of spiritual cleansing. Um, we also have the month before Pesach. Now, how many people, when I said the Seders on Monday night, it was a surprise? Okay, I think, come on, it was more than just her. There are other people in here who were like, I, I, such an honest young woman, thank you. A lot of people in here are like, I knew, I thought it was in May. I thought it already happened. I saw Matzah at Trader Joe's like in February. I, I didn't know, God. Anyway, it is on, on Monday night, and we are supposed to take a period of time of reflection for a different kind of spiritual cleansing. Um, but it's not just on Rosh Hashanah. Literally on Pesach, it's known as Chag HaAviv, or the festival of springtime. It's also known as the Chag of Matzot, which is not freedom, it's oppression, like, you know, of a different kind. Um, when we literally go back in our history 3,000 years and we relive this experience, which was a suffering experience, an experience of oppression, an experience of slavery. And um, I don't know how many of you read the David Brooks article this past week in the New York Times about suffering. Anybody read it? It's, go back and read it. It's, it's, it's very interesting. A lot of people think that, you know, Buddhists have the like, corner on the market of suffering. Jews, we started it. Okay, so um, he writes about it. And what I find so fascinating ab about Pesach is that out of every holiday in the entire year, the Passover Seder is the most celebrated of any holiday during the whole year. And sometimes I think it's because, you know, you do it at home and people come together at home to celebrate. Um, but I also think there's something in there where even if you didn't know that the number one mitzvah, the mitzvah that is mentioned more than any other mitzvah, does anybody know what it is? The mitzvah that's mentioned more than any other mitzvah in the whole Torah? Any ideas? You work at a Jewish day school, put your hand down. Um, okay, it's not, okay. How many people here think it's keeping Shabbat? Okay, how many people think it's circumcising your sons? Keeping kosher? Making your children feel guilty? Like, that's it? Okay. It's 39 times in the Torah, it says that you have to, exactly, you have to, you didn't raise your hand, man. You have to remember that you were, Atem Hayitem Gerim, the Eretz meets Rhyme. You were strangers in a strange land. And even though it happened 3,000 years ago, it doesn't matter because 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, Right now and a thousand years from now, there are still going to be people living in slavery. And if you're Jewish and you're around, you have to battle that in some way. And it might be a personal slavery that you've had your whole life and you feel like this might be the year that I let go of whatever it is that you need to let go of. Or it could be that you really look this year at Pesach at the world and you see that there's places, Mitzrayim or Egypt comes from the root tsar or narrowness. Like you look around, there's narrow places all over that if we were committed to freedom for everybody, as a Jewish people or as a human being, you could commit yourself to, to widening the places that, that feel very narrow. And Pesach, or the Exodus experience, is supposed to be one of kind of like the three major um, ideas or moments of our history. The first one was creation, the Bereshit story. The second one is the Exodus story, or our redemption, and the third one, is at Mount Sinai, when the law, the Torah, was revealed. And those three are these signal moments, but the three is not the operative number for the Seder. What's the operative number for the Seder? How, how many cups, how many questions, how many kids, how many? Four. <laughs> I, asked this, I, I asked this group the other day, 
what's the operative number in the Seder? <laughs> and like everybody got it. So I'm realizing I can't talk with my hands that much when I'm teaching. So yes, there are, there are four children, there are four cups, there are four questions. But because we remember that there were those numbers, every year we have the opportunity to add something. So even though there are four questions, we always have the opportunity to add a fifth question, a question that's perplexing us. Like, how many people here have a question about being Jewish? Just any question about like your Judaism, right? The rest of you went to rabbinical school? What's going on? <laughs> Even I have questions, all right? So if you think about what questions you have about yourself as a Jew, that could be your fifth question this year. And there's not just, I mean, there's definitely not just four cups of wine. Because I mean, it was weird, when I was growing up in Chicago, my grandfather would lead the Seder, and this is how he would lead it. He would open the Baskin Haggadah, which is my family's Haggadah, and um, they didn't write it, Baskin was the artist. And he would read the first blessing, and then they would serve matzo ball soup, and then serve the rest of the food, and we could barely move, and then all of a sudden we were crawling around looking under furniture for the afikoman. That was the entire Seder, and we got like chocolate or money. <laughs> and like the whole thing lasted like 20 minutes, and then we were watching the, the game. What, whatever, whatever game it was. Um, and it's interesting because I became fascinated with the fact that my, some of my Jewish friends would say, our Seder lasted seven hours. And I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> there's like a blessing, there's like getting some money, and then there's like matzo ball soup and this liver stuff. So we're, seven hours, that's horrible. But I got fascinated by it. And I asked to be invited to one of my friends family satyrs, and they were conservadox. They were between conservative and orthodox. And what was unbelievable is they used the Maxwell House Seder, Haggadah. Anybody ever heard of that? Right, okay, so everybody has the Maxwell House Haggadah. The Obamas use it. They do, if you ever see the pictures of the Obamas Seder in the White House, they're using the Maxwell House Seder. Maxwell House Seder is not like a, it's not a lot of pages, but in fact, my friends made it last for seven hours by singing like every prayer and every blessing. And so I think that was kind of oppressive enough, but I ended up a rabbi, so it worked. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you to, to be daring right now because as I said, there's, you know, there's the fours, there's the four cups of wine. There's a fifth one though, the cup of, we have the cup of Elijah, that's right. Um, we also have added a sixth cup of wine, the cup of Miriam but we don't put wine in Miriam's cup. What do we put in Miriam's cup? Water. Why do we put water in Miriam's cup on the Seder table? Right, Miriam was the water diviner. So if you think back 3,000 years, where were our people living? The middle of the wilderness, did they have any water? No. Do we have water problems today? Yes. Yeah, so when you put a Miriam's cup, think about conservation, okay? Think about what you add. I'm gonna ask you to do something daring right now, which is that there's four children in the Seder. There's the wise child, the wicked child, the simple child, and the child who doesn't even know how to ask the question. So I'm gonna ask you to turn to somebody that you don't know tonight, just turn and face them, and share one time when you've either been wise, wicked, simple, or you didn't know the question to ask. Talk amongst yourselves, you've got two minutes, go. Wow, that was like a huge therapy session. That was great. <laughs> Seriously, I heard some stuff really coming up for people. So before I conclude, I have one more question to ask you. If you've been to a Seder before, how many people, totally honestly, you don't have to say whose it was, how many people here have ever been bored at a Seder? 
Oh, we do, we do have a problem. Okay. So the reason I say that is because, was it boring what you just did? No. So the Seder is for children and it's for the children in us. And there's a fifth child. It's a child who never makes it to the table. The child who just doesn't show up doesn't even really know they're Jewish or care that they're Jewish. They just don't even see that there's a place for themselves. So I challenge you to take this and do it at whatever Seder you're at. And I promise you, you will not be bored if you're one of those four children and you identify yourself. Because the reality is, I take from the teaching, we're all of them. Who hasn't been wicked or wise or simple or not known the question to ask? Maybe even just being in awe and not being speechless. But my hope is that even if you feel like there hasn't been a place at a table for you, that you are audacious and daring in your Jewish soul and find yourself a Seder to go to. Hag Sameach and Shabbat Shalom. So we're going to continue uh, concluding our service on page 282 with the Aleinu. Ah.